Welcome to WCULA Operation Pass NCLEX. This week we're going to be talking about pediatrics, prevention, and safety tips from Professor Christine Dyer, our lead pediatrics professor. Just a couple of reminders, our grad students, if there's any change to your NCLEX date, if you've scheduled it, or if you've received any communications from the BRN, please contact Ms. Joan Wheeler. She'll be able to answer any questions that you might have. If you need to update your body access, if you need to renew ward vitals, again, email Ms. Joan Wheeler. Her contact information will be in the podcast description. For our 493 students, your exit exam is closely and quickly approaching. Take a deep breath. Remember everything that Dr. Khan has taught you, and you will sail through with flying colors. For the rest of our WCU students who might be listening, your finals week is also quickly approaching. Again, deep breath, shake loose the anxiety, follow your professor's guidance, and you too will sail through this with flying colors. Hello everyone, this is Mrs. Dyer. Today we're talking about pediatrics and injury prevention. So when we look at infants, one of the primary things to prevent is aspiration. And when we're holding the baby and feeding the baby, just make sure that they're um, that they're held upright and that there's not a risk of them choking on their formula um, or, or milk. Um, don't ever prop the bottle for the baby and, and they shouldn't be, they should always be held and, and watched when they're being fed. And this goes for toddlers too. Um, always be looking out for small objects, really baby-proof the house. And when they start eating eating foods or start crawling around and moving on the floor, making sure we don't have anything tiny that they could choke on, like a grape or a coin or small toys. Any small object that could fit through a toilet paper roll is a potential choking hazard. Looking at clothing, uh, make sure there's no buttons or um, anything loose that could come off that they could potentially choke on. Also with clothing, make sure that um, there's not strings or cords um, like on like on the hoodie of a sweatshirt. They now make, for the babies, they now make them without the cords so that they can't accidentally choke on with them. Um, balloons are another risk, so they could put them in their mouth and, and choke on them either aspiration or suffocation. And then we need to educate families, um, making sure that they know what to do for a choking infant. Um, the back slaps and chest thrust. And then Heimlich maneuver when they're older than one. We want to prevent, and then so another category is suffocation. So preventing suffocation, preventing um, plastic bags, or you know just keeping all of those out of the house. Um, for the baby in the crib, avoid pillows, blankets, stuffed animals, um, baby bumpers, anything that they could potentially have their face buried in where they couldn't breathe. Um, SIDS, we want to prevent SIDS, teach parents to place their baby on their back to sleep 
um, not letting it be too hot in the room. Crib slats should be um, no further than six centimeters apart so that their little heads or necks couldn't fit through and get stuck in the crib itself. Another risk is poisons. Um, always having everything locked up, um, putting everything in a, you know, baby proof, all the cabinets and household cleaners and bleach and, um, other chemicals, paints, those should all be kept up on a high shelf where they wouldn't be able to reach them or, um, you know, in, in a locked cabinet or a baby proofed cabinet that they wouldn't be able, that they wouldn't be able to, um, get a hold of it and also it needs to be labeled in the correct containers so that it couldn't be um, mixed up with something else. Um, this also goes for anything that's toxic or even plants. You don't want to just have those on, at floor level where they could um, potentially eat them. Um, in addition to all those things, medications always have to be um, locked up as well put them and then request the childproof containers you know you don't want um, the baby getting a hold of grandma's dejoxin um, avoid exposure to lead paint um, so this could be on old you know on old toys or the um, paint on inside old houses and they're most likely to be exposed to it if there was remodeling or sanding on the walls that had the lead paint. Um, signs, there signs and symptoms of lead um, toxicity would be loss of appetite, um, distraction, impulsivity, hyperactivity, hearing impairment, and potentially a mild intellectual. Um, difficulty. Higher concentrations, they would have more severe cognitive delays, maybe blindness, paralysis, or seizures. In regards to, um, to other poisons, we should teach parents the um, number for poison control. It's 1-800-222-12222. 1-800-222-1222. Um, and then that's good to know just for everybody. They should also have um, carbon monoxide um, detectors in the house along with their smoke detectors. When we're looking at all these um, poisons and risks and everything, as a nurse, it's also good to know the antidotes. Uh, the good, you know, just some review with the antidotes. The antidote for Tylenol or acetaminophen is the mucomist. The antidote for aspirin would be activated charcoal and vitamin K or phytonidion. Um, Narcan for an opioid overdose. And then, you know, always keep in mind that, you know, the poison control as well. School-age kids, which, you know, teaching them not to abuse substances, substance abuse, um, but also things that are chemicals like smelling markers and glue 
or huffing um, aerosol paint and thing, things like that. We want to prevent falls. So for the infant, this is primarily you know making sure that they can't get out of their crib or um, you know their their pack and play. Um, keep the mattress low. If it's and and then also too that they could if they if they're in the crib and they can stand, don't have the bunch of stuffed animals in there that they could crawl up on and and fall out. You also be careful like placements of where the crib is that it's not next to a window so they couldn't like push the screen on the window and fall out the window. Also close keeping in mind with being close to windows that they're not close to the string um, for the blinds or the draperies that they couldn't um, choke themselves on it. Infant seats, they should always be in a, you know, if they're using the infant seat, they always need to be buckled in so they don't slouch down and um, close off their airway. Um, but also too, that you would, you know, the infant seats with the little handles, um, you don't want to, if they're not restrained in, they could potentially just fall out if somebody just picked them up off the floor. And the infant seat should be on the ground or like a flat surface, but you don't want to put them up on a high counter or balance them on top of a shopping cart or, you know, anything where they're not restrained in or put them on, um, you know, on a stool at a restaurant or an upside down chair, any of those things, they could potentially get bumped and knocked over. So we do need, you know, just remember that. Um, and gates, baby gates are really important so that they're not crawling up the stairs by themselves or coming down the stairs without supervision. As they get older, the preschool and school age, um, just making sure that they're using, um, they're supervised at the playground and are on age-appropriate equipment. We can prevent bodily harm, um, just keeping sharp things out of their reach, anchoring down heavy objects like television you know it's big screens that they're um they're bolted to the wall or strapped um and that's that's good um good for earthquake <laughs> earthquake prevention as well um don't leave children unattended with animals even if you really trust your dog or cat um you know or whatever it is the toddlers um babies and toddlers and even preschoolers might try to do something to the animal and the animal could you know potentially hurt them so or they could hurt the animals so not leaving them unattended and taught we can start as young as toddlers teaching them about stranger safety they may have you know they'll have a little bit of stranger anxiety but then it starts to wear off and they're friendly to everyone so we want to teach them about not going with the stranger you know and who the safe people are the you know, mom's friend and um, teachers and people that they can go to to trust. 
Um, we can also prevent injury by wearing helmets and using proper sports equipment. As they get a little bit older, the school age, middle school, high schoolers, they might be reluctant to wear their helmets, but we need to encourage it for skateboarding and bicycling and snowboarding. Firearms, it's a danger for everyone. They should be kept locked and unloaded with the ammunition separate. I'll make sure the teens um, don't have access to the key or to or know the combination. So those are just extra extra safety things with the firearms. Um, just not letting them have access, you know, they don't have access to it to begin with. Drowning, every pool should be fenced in um, and um, with um, remember, drowning is a is a hypoxic brain injury causing that could lead to brain damage. The more time they go without oxygen, the more complications there could be. Infants, um, keeping them even just a bucket of water or a toilet are risk for an infant and toddler. Um, always supervise in bathtubs, infants, toddlers, um, even preschoolers. Um, the school-aged kids, they might be able to start showering and might be able to be trusted based on, you know, their their ability. At, as they're um, always supervising in pools and near water, preschoolers um, do need to be taught to swim so everybody above preschooler teach them how to swim also don't let them swim alone as they get older too they're going to start jumping in or diving in um, make sure that it's not too shallow because they could um, have fractures or neck injuries if they you know if they dive into a, a pool that's too shallow it's always good for parents to learn to swim as well and of course CPR. So knowing what to do in an emergency if someone um, was found to be drowning, how to rescue them and, and how to start CPR. Burns, we can start off with basics with sunscreen, just prevent you know preventing sunburn to begin with. Little babies, hats and shade are really the best. Um, after six months, we start sunscreen. Um, we want to say at least 15 SPF, but probably more um, is good. But at least 15 is like the minimum. Um, and pretty much just whenever they're outside. The time of day between 10 and 2, the sun's going to be stronger. And of course, the time of year and your you know, um, closer to the, as you're closer to the equator, the, the more intense the sun is. And then also teaching teens not to go into tanning beds. Um, with foods, um, keeping hot foods away from them, you know, you don't want your hot coffee or soup to be able to be pulled down. And as they start toddling, they reach up. And that's a very common burn to reach up and grab for the the pot or, or coffee and it spills down on their arm and face and chest. Um, for the infant, their little bottles, um, if you want to heat it, do not put the milk in the microwave because that could 
could cause burns. Um, we warm it up in hot water or special bottle warmer, making sure their bath isn't too hot, just touching it and uh, making sure the water heater in the house is less than 120 degrees. Um, as they get older, teaching them about fire safety. Everybody should have smoke detectors in their house too, um, but teaching about um, fire safety and how to get out and stop, drop, and roll as they become um, old enough to understand what to do. Um, if you're cooking, keeping the handles turned away so that they're not out, that somebody could grab them or bump them. And of course, uh, matches and lighters, keeping all those away. Um, and concerns with, um, with, with children, either, um, you know, if they have signs of depression or suicidal, you know, mental illness, those, those could be, you know, looking out for those warning signs, such as lack of interest in things that they used to like or social isolation, decrease in school performance, um, harm to themselves, if they are a victim of bullying or being the bullier, the bullier, um, they, those could also be warning signs. Um, kind of monitoring what they're seeing and looking at on social media. A red flag is always if they tell, you know, certain people not to come to school one day, you know, if they're planning to hurt other people. So being aware of of some of these things to look out for. Um, when we're talking to teens about sexuality, uh, we want to promote atmosphere of comfort where they can ask questions and just be factual and honest and help them with decision making. We want to give accurate information because who knows what, where you know what their friends are telling them. Um, encouraging abstinence and um, you know and then also being open to helping them get condoms and um, and preventing the STDs, talking talking to them about the STDs and what are those risks, and um, reminding them about mutual consent, or maybe teaching them about it, I guess, teaching them about mutual consent. And do you guys remember the number one cause of death in children is accidents and of the accidents the the biggest cause is motor vehicle accidents the infants remember they need to be in the back seat rear facing safest in the back preschoolers can start to move to um a booster so at two they can get turned around and forward face when they start to outgrow that that forward-facing um, infant seat, then they move to a booster seat. They need to be in the booster until they're four feet, nine inches, or eight to 12 years old. And they need to be stay in the back seat. Back seat is always the safest. They need to stay in the back seat 
until they're 13, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. Supervise kids around cars, you know, if they don't let them play in the parking lot of parked cars when you don't know if someone's going to back up. Teaching them about, um, you know, even on the sidewalk, people are backing out of their driveways to always be looking and teach, uh, and teach about pedestrian safety. Looking both ways, not just running across the street, um, waiting for the signals. Teens need to attend driver's ed. Discouraging cell phone use, uh, making sure they're, you know, just educating them about texting and driving, and then the dangers of combining substance abuse with driving. And of course, parents should role model their desired behavior. Um, and we need to look out for these teenagers, making sure that they, um, you know, just asking, asking them questions. Um, just screening for substance abuse. Um, and this would include use of alcohol, tobacco, marijuana, and um, e-cigarettes or vaping. Um, emphasize that they're, they have long-term effects on school performance um, and, and um, their ability to work and concentrate as well as their relationships with others and how that could affect. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Professor Dyer, for your input and your words of wisdom for our students. Everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time.